Welcome to New City Sermon Podcast. Join us as we open God's Word to be empowered and challenged today. I want to pray for us, and then we're going to hear from John chapter 11, the resurrection of Lazarus. Let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds as we hear this resurrection story from the scriptures. I pray that you would deeply encourage those that know you and those that are on a spiritual journey and don't know where they are, that you might clarify some things for them in their heart and mind today. And all this we pray in the name of the risen Jesus. Amen. John 11, 1 through 44. Now a man was sick, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sisters sent a message to him. Lord, the one you love is sick. When Jesus heard it, he said, This sickness will not end in death, but is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after that, he said to the disciples, Let's go to Judea again. Rabbi, the disciples told him, Just now the Jews tried to stone you, and you're going there again? Aren't there twelve hours in a day? Jesus answered. If anyone walks during the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks during the night, he does stumble because the light is not in him. He said this, and then he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. Then the disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will get well. Jesus, however, was speaking about his death but they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. I'm glad for you that I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let's go to him. Then Thomas, called twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too so that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, less than two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Anyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who comes into the world. Having said this, she went back and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. As soon as Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw that Mary got up quickly and went out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to cry there. As soon as Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and told him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her crying, and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Where have you put him? he asked. 
Lord, they told him, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was laying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there is already a stench because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here, I said this, so that they may believe you sent me. After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, As Lazarus come out, the dead man came out, bound and uh, hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unwrap him and let him go. Have you ever read a book that has a great story and then recommended that story, that book, to a friend? Or have you ever watched a movie that you just loved and then watched the movie again with a friend who hadn't watched it? Well, you know the ending to the story. You know where the story is going but you get to watch them be anxious as the story unfolds, as they wonder what's next. One of my children, if I tell her any sort of story or she gets a clue as to any movie that has a storyline, she cannot take it unless she knows the end. She pulls on my arms and begs me with desperation, please tell me the ending to the story. It's kind of fun to watch someone as they wonder what the end of the story is like. Some stories are really dark. There's a lot of uncertainty. And in the middle of the story, as you're going through it, you wonder, is there any hope? We're in a dark story right now. That, that's just the reality of it. There's a lot of questions about the economy. There's a lot of uncertainty with international relations. And there is a lot of darkness when it comes to death. And all that uncertainty has brought a lot of questions about hope and the darkness of this story. But as we look at John 11 today, here's what we'll see. We can face the darkness of this story with hope. We can face the darkness of this story with hope because of Jesus's empathy to us in the midst of the darkness and because of his victory over death. Our story today is a dark story, but it is a resurrection story. It starts off by telling us that there's a man and that man is sick. But it's not just any man. He's a man who's part of a family that is very dear to Jesus. The man's name is Lazarus and his sisters are named Mary and Martha. And Lazarus falls deathly ill. And the family sends word to Jesus that Lazarus is sick. And they say, Lord, the one you love is sick. And in the midst of that darkness, it appears that Lazarus is going to die. One of the interesting things we find out about this story is that when a story is dark, Jesus doesn't necessarily respond like we think he should. Now, in verse 5, it says again that Jesus loved this family. He's, we've been told twice that Jesus loves his family. When the person comes and tells Jesus that Lazarus is sick, he uses the word phileo to tell Jesus that Lazarus is sick. Lord, the one you love, the one you phileo is ill. And that word phileo is like a friendship love. It's 
Jesus, hey, your good, good friend is sick. You need to come do something. But in verse 5, the ante is up because John doesn't use the word phileo. He uses the word agape. And agape is this selfless, God-like love that gives and gives and gives no matter what it gets in return. The picture we get here is that Jesus loved Lazarus and he loved Martha and he loved Mary. And so we would expect that if Jesus really loved them, he would rush off to them. He would rush to them to be with them and to fix this situation and to heal Lazarus. Except he doesn't. Verse 6, following verse 5, verse 5 says he loved them. And verse 6 says, so when he heard this, he stayed two more days. In other words, because he loved them, he didn't go. That doesn't make any sense. If Jesus really loved them, we would expect him to respond by rushing off to them. But Jesus doesn't respond like we think he should. When the situation's just getting worse, Jesus waits. How would you interpret that? Uh, in your life, you often feel like Jesus, you need him. You want him to come and fix things. You want him to step in. And if he does, he will show his love and show his care for you. Well, there's no question Jesus loves this family, yet Jesus waits. And the reason Jesus waits is because Jesus is following a different plot line than we are. For Jesus, the story is always about the glory of God. In verse 4, he says, This sickness will not end in death, but is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. He, he loves them, so he waits. But then in verse 7, he tells his disciples, let's go to Judea again, which doesn't make any sense to the disciples. They don't understand why he's responding this way now, because if he goes to Judea, he risks getting stoned again by the Jews. See, the plot line Jesus follows is often not for our comfort or safety, and that frustrates us. But the plot line Jesus follows is not for his own comfort or safety either. He, he's in the story for the glory of God. In fact, he tells the disciples in verse 15 that Lazarus' death will glorify God because somehow through it, the disciples will come to a deeper place of belief. Well, Jesus' response seems to have a real cost. Lazarus dies and Martha goes to meet Jesus as he and the disciples approach. And in verse 21, she tells him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. What weighty words those are. And we feel what Martha feels when our story gets dark. Lord, if you had only been here, if you had only been here, we would not have received that horrible diagnosis. Lord, if you had only been here, we wouldn't have experienced such terrible suffering. Jesus, if you had just showed up and stepped in, you would have shielded us from the pain. Lord, if you had been there, we wouldn't have been treated so unjustly. And what we're all feeling right now, Lord, if you had only been here, we wouldn't be in the midst of this global pandemic. Martha then says this, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And as she says, Lord, if you had been there, but then tries to, to say something that expresses faith in Jesus, 
we see the wrestle of every Christian, knowing that Jesus has the power to respond in doing something, but often wondering why he doesn't respond like we think he should. But I love about Jesus here is he doesn't chastise Martha for her wrestle. He doesn't chastise her for saying, Lord, if you had only been here. Instead, he gives her hope. And he says, your brother will rise again. Well, Martha knows her theology and she says, I know that Lazarus will come back to life in the last day. I believe in the resurrection of the dead, that at the last day, the dead will rise. That's what the Pharisees taught. Jesus himself has taught that earlier in the book of John. And that's true. But Jesus means so much more. Throughout the book of John, Jesus has given these I am statements. I am the bread of life that fills your spiritual hunger. I am the light of the world that chases away spiritual darkness. I am the good shepherd that lays down his life for the sheep. And here he says this, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. See, when we believe in Jesus Christ, it's not just that we ascend to something intellectually, but by believing in him, we are joined to him and everything about him. And when we join to him and everything about him, we are given life and we are given resurrection through him. In a future day, when he returns and all believers rise from the dead, never to face the second death of God's eternal judgment again, but also now, we experience resurrection now, as we're joined to him now, the new life of the Spirit comes to us and in us, and we experience the resurrection in this life. We hope you're inspired by God's Word. What have you learned so far? As you listen, pray about applying it to your life. Let's continue in God's Word. I know that that sounds confusing for you and it was confusing for Martha, but Jesus asked her this, do you believe? Martha, do you believe this? And in that moment, I'm sure Martha had to wrestle knowing that her brother's tomb, not an empty tomb, but an occupied tomb was just a, a walk away. But she answered, yes, I do believe. Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe you are the Messiah, the son of God, who comes into the world. Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? We often get confused about Jesus's role in our life, and this clarifies it here. We often think that Jesus comes in to set up our life. No, Jesus is the life. He is the source of life. By being joined to him, we experience the life of God in this life, no matter what happens in our life. We often think that Jesus has come to protect us from any form of death, but Jesus says, no, even when you die, you will one day live again. You will be raised, and if you know me, you will never experience the eternal death of separation from God. Well, these are challenging things for us to wrestle with. I was just talking on the phone with someone about these things, and they said this very thing. It's challenging to wrestle with these things in this dark time. But our comfort is this, no matter what our story is, Jesus has written the end of your story. Because death, it's not the end of your story. If you believe in Jesus Christ, 
The beginning of the end is your resurrection. Listen, everyone who survives the coronavirus, and let's just hope that's a lot and lot, a lot of people, uh, will still one day die. Everyone's going to die one day. But in Jesus, death is not the end of your story. Resurrection is. Jesus has written the end of your story, but more than that, Jesus is the story. See, you are in his story. You are united to the one who is the resurrection and the life, who went to the cross for you, who, who paid for your redemption, who died in your place and said, it is finished. Your sins are forgiven. He was buried in the tomb, but he didn't stay in the tomb. On the third day, he was risen from the dead. He defeated death and sin and the devil. So that Paul can write in Romans 6, we were buried with him by baptism in the death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. We are experiencing resurrection life right now because we're united to Jesus. If we believe, if we repent and believe, the power of the Spirit is at work in us because we are united to Jesus, and Jesus is the story. But our wrestle is all too real. We know the end of the story. We know Jesus is the story, but here we are in our story. And sometimes if you know the end of the story and you tell the person who's in the middle of the story, just hold on, it'll be all right. It sounds too cold and too calculated. You sound a little bit like a, like a puppet master who knows where everything's going. And, and, and Christians can all too often think that they just have to keep a stiff upper lip, be stoic, and almost view Jesus as if he's emotionally unavailable in our present pain. Listen, Jesus is not only the story. He not only controls the end of the story, but he's in the story with us right now. Mary approaches Jesus and says the same thing that her sister did. Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But then we read these great verses, some of the most powerful in the scriptures. Verse 33 says, When Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. He was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. And what's in the original language of that is that Jesus is angry, angry at death. And he's not conjuring up emotions. Emotions are coming to him. It's almost as if he's gasping at the situation. It's not just that he feels sympathy. Sympathy is, I'm sorry this happened to you. This is hard, but I'm here for you. No, in that moment, Jesus is feeling empathy. Empathy is when you are overcome with the emotion of the situation yourself. You're not just there for the people, you're in it with them. He's in the story, feeling anger at death, feeling overwhelmed at the loss of his friend Lazarus, who he loved. Jesus says, where have you put him? Lord, they told him, come and see. Verse 35 says, Jesus wept. And what that means is tears came down the face of Jesus. The weight of the sadness of the loss of his friend overwhelmed him. The death of the one he loved 
was so sad. He looked at the situation and felt the sadness of this. This is not the way it's supposed to be. Maybe no one has ever felt the weight of sadness like Jesus did in that moment. I mean, the perspective that Jesus has as the one who was with God in the beginning, who was creator and saw the beautiful harmony that creation had and then experienced the reality of the fall of man into sin and here is seeing the effects of sin and death where an image bearer of God that he loves is in the tomb. Jesus wept in the face of darkness. And his empathy towards us in the face of darkness gives us deep hope when we face darkness. Jesus isn't just at the end of the story waiting for us. He is in the story with us. But he also gives us a preview of the most important point in the whole story. As they approach Lazarus's tomb, we, we get a preview of what's to come on Easter morning. Jesus tells the people there, remove the stone, remove the stone from the tomb. And already there we hear the echoes of Easter morning. And Martha says, we can't remove the, the stone. There'll be a stench because the body has already been in there four days. And Jesus says, if you believe, you would see the glory of God. And at that moment, he looks up to his father and prays and then looks at the tomb full of the emotion that he has been feeling and says, Lazarus, come out. And there, as everyone looked into the darkness of that tomb, as they squinted to see what was happening, if anything would happen, what they saw was movement. Movement, something moving towards the front of the tomb. And then all of a sudden, there he was walking out of the tomb, wrapped in cloth. Lazarus, who was dead, was now alive. Verse 44 ends the story by just saying this, the dead man came out, bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him go. Lazarus's resurrection is a preview over Jesus's, of Jesus' victory over death that we celebrate this Easter morning. Just as Lazarus came out from the tomb, so did Jesus by the power of God, defeating sin and death and the devil. One day your body will go into the grave, but one day Jesus Christ will return and raise your corpse back to life. Jesus is victorious over death. I don't know what your story holds for you in these uncertain times, in this dark season that we're facing around the world. I don't know. But I do know that you can face the darkness of this story with hope because of Jesus' empathy towards us in the midst of the darkness we face and because of his final victory over death. The, the story is dark at times, but you know how it ends. You know he's at the end waiting for you, but you know that he's also in the story with you. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. 
Remind yourself of these things this Easter morning in the midst of this dark time. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you have chosen to come and die for us. We thank you for the power of God to defeat death through your resurrection. And we pray that you would stir up hope in us this morning. We thank you that everything uh, that has happened to you, we get to be part of. You died and we died to sin. You rose and we are raised to new life. And one day we will live eternally with you. Remind us of these things that we might have hope today. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to New City Sermon Podcasts. For more information, check us out at www.newcityhh.com. We'll see you next week.